Hello all, good morning, Travis Dampier, Travis Dampier Ministries, the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Sunday, November 19th, and today in Israel is going to actually be the 44th day since the Israel war began. And we know 44 is extremely important as that relates to Jesus' baptism until the end of the 40 days of the temptation, the launch of his ministry. Also the number 44, um, there was 44 days from his hanging on the cross until the resurrection into heaven. So a completion, then a beginning of a new thing. That is what we are standing in today as we also know that the impact of that solar flare is going to hit today which could very well release this Iceland volcano to erupt and we heard that prophecy some days back in reference to a mega quake coming out of Iceland that could very well push a tsunami to the United States. So be braced today, today into tomorrow, as this is a very dangerous time that we are standing in and can launch a very hardcore piece of judgment or a new beginning of some kind of judgment. So we will watch for it. Other than that, let's go ahead and get to the news. Foreign mercenaries in Ukraine engage in bloody scuffle. So four members of Ukraine's Air National Legion were involved in a drunken fight at a party last weekend in Kiev, news outlet Strana reported on Saturday, citing police sources. The off-duty fighters' antics ended up with one of them stabbing and hitting the others, according to the website. A Briton, an American, a Canadian, and a Romanian got together at a private residence in the southeastern part of Ukrainian capital, Strana explained. What started as a drinking session soon allegedly spiraled into a quarrel and ended up into a physical fight. During the scuffle, the British man stabbed his American and Canadian comrades in their arms and legs with a knife and hit the Romanian, breaking his jaw, according to the report. All three men were subsequently hospitalized, the source explained. The UK national has not yet been arrested, Strana added, detailing how Ukrainian law enforcement authorities were still assessing the incident. So we are seeing all kinds of things falling apart in Ukraine. We're seeing that their militias are not getting along with each other. And I assure you that this incident, especially since um, knives and things were, were being used, we're going to see more scuffles like that that are going to begin to happen with these blended militias in Ukraine. Ukraine's running out of money. This is once again the story of Ukraine that is finishing and they're moving to the next story, which is the Israel-Gaza war, which is the Muslim nations going against Israel, which is is World War III and then Armageddon. That is what we are standing in looking at. So expect more controversies happening because surely for each nation's military that is there in Ukraine, they're going to see this and be very angry. And so you're going to see others start to fight amongst each other, which uh, once again is just part of judgment against the wicked and the Lord causing confusion against them for them to strike themselves. That is what you are watching. Let's continue. <clears throat> Newsbreak. International security warning issued for ships in the Red Sea. So an international coalition set up to maintain maritime security and freedom of navigation across the Middle East region released a warning on Thursday, November 16th for shipping operating in the Red Sea region. The warning comes after a series of provo 
of provocations as well as threats from the Houthi rebels in Yemen to shipping in the region. We continue to be concerned with the heightened threat level in the Red Sea, the International Maritime Security Construct writes in its message. The approaches to the Bab al-Mandeb continue to be an area of concern, they write advising ships on procedures for transiting the Red Sea and Bab al-Mandeb. The strait between Yemen on the Arabian Peninsula and the area known as the Horn of Africa, where Dabauti and Eritrea are located, is a vital shipping lane. Oil tankers departing the Middle East as well as numerous container ships selling the routes between Asia and Europe pass through the area. The strait is the link between the Indian Ocean, the Suez Canal, and the Mediterranean. <clears throat> the IMSC does not point to any specific incidents in its advisory. However, it has been widely reported that the Houthis, the Iranian-backed militia that controls large sections of Yemen along the Red Sea, issued a direct threat at the beginning of the week. Israeli shipping and vessels that they believe were linked to the U.S. and the Hamas war were viewed to be in the greatest danger. So here goes more threats in another canal. Um, we already know the Straits of Hormuz. We are watching for that. As the Lord had told me um, some months back, he said, watch the Straits of Hormuz. And then we heard that prophetic word that um, the aircraft carriers are going to get struck coming out of the Strait of Hormuz. So then that made sense of why the Lord had uh, told me to keep watch of the Strait of Hormuz. So we are watching for uh, U.S. aircraft carriers to come through the Straits of Hormuz as that is when they are supposed to get struck. And then um, when I read this article um, yesterday in reference to the Red Sea and I began to look for um, references um, tied to this, then the Lord kept pushing in my spirit and he kept showing me things related to the splitting of the Red Sea. And then I said, what is this, Lord? And then he echoed in my spirit, what was will be again. So there is going to be some kind of deliverance for Israel, um, some kind of safety mechanism the Lord is going to do um, in a spiritual manner that we are going to see Israel be protected in the Red Sea. But then also we are going to see some kind of destruction that is going to happen um, to Israel's enemies to save Israel. So we are going to see a replica of the event of the Red Sea, not the splitting. The Lord didn't tell me of the splitting, but he told me it's the judgment perspective of it, that he is going to sink um, some ships. He's going to destroy some of Israel's enemies in the Red Sea. So we will watch for it. What was will be again. Let's uh, hear some information now regarding Yemen's threats on Israeli ships, um, what we are hearing about um, from the Pentagon with those attacks um, from the past, um, very recently in the past couple of weeks regarding um, the, the drones, I mean, excuse me, the missiles being shot at sea, um, and they've been shooting them down. Um, and then we will, of course, um, look how this is translating into what is uh, going to come again from the Lord destroying the enemies of Israel, protecting them in the Red Sea. Let's uh, check this out. We're returning now to breaking news we're getting from Iraq. We've been hearing reports of drones and a rocket attack on the Ain al-Assad airbase that hosts U.S. and other international forces in western Iraq. According to the Reuters news agency, multiple blasts were heard inside the base. As we've been saying, Ain al-Assad is located in the western Anbar province. Let's bring in Patty Culhane. She has more for us now from Washington, D.C. Patty, this is obviously a fast-developing story. What more details do we have now? 
Well, we know that uh, we're waiting to hear from the Pentagon. The briefing was supposed to start. It's just usually a regular briefing about 45 minutes ago, and then pushed it back 15 minutes, pushed it back another half an hour. It should be starting any moment. Of course, we'll hopefully get more information from there. But this is exactly what the U.S. has been concerned about. It has about 2,500 troops in Iraq scattered around the country. Um, Patty, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Um, timely, the Pentagon press conference has in indeed now just begun. Let's listen in. Of ...to any civilians on the ground. Information about these engagements is still being processed. Uh, we cannot say for certain what these missiles and drones were targeting, but they were launched from Yemen, heading north along the Red Sea, potentially towards targets in Israel. Our defensive response was one that we would have taken for any similar threat in the region, where we're able to do so against our interest personnel and our partners. This attack may be ongoing, so if we have more information to share, we will. But again, as the Secretary has made clear, we have the capability to defend our broader interests in the region and to deter regional escalation and broader expansion of the conflict that began with Hamas's attack on Israeli civilians on October 7th. The crew of the Kearney did just that, and across the force, we will remain vigilant to any other potential threats. And while I'm on the topic of threats, let me provide an update on the reports of several drone attacks against U.S. facilities in Iraq and Syria. Early yesterday morning, Syria time, October 18th, the Atat garrison in Syria was targeted by two drones. U.S. and coalition forces engaged one drone, destroying it, while the other drone impacted the base, resulting in minor injuries to coalition forces. Also, the same morning in Iraq, early warning systems indicated a possible threat approaching the airbase at al-Assad and base personnel sheltered in place as a protective measure. Though no attack occurred, sadly, a U.S. civilian contractor suffered a cardiac episode while sheltering and passed away shortly thereafter. And our deepest sympathies and condolences are with the loved, one, loved ones of the individual who passed away. And as you know, the day before, on October 17th, U.S. military forces defended against three drones near U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq. In western Iraq, at al-Assad Air Base, U.S. forces engaged two drones, destroying one and damaging the second, resulting in minor injuries to coalition forces. Separately, in northern Iraq, U.S. forces engaged and destroyed a drone near Bashir Air Base, resulting in no injuries or damage. And while I'm not going to forecast any potential response to these attacks, I will say that we will take all necessary actions to defend U.S. and coalition forces against any threat. Any response, should one occur, will come at a time and a manner of our choosing. Now, in light of all of this activity, Secretary Austin continues to actively engage with his counterparts and leaders within the Middle East. Today, he conducted a series of calls, which included discussions with His Highness President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed of the United Arab Emirates, Amir Sheikh Tamim of Qatar, and Saudi Arabia Minister of Defense Khalid bin Salman al Saud. Secretary Austin also spoke with Israeli Minister of Defense Yav Gallant just a few moments ago. And during these calls, he reiterated U.S. support for Israel's right to defend itself from terrorist attacks and also underscored the importance of safeguarding innocent civilians, both Palestinian and Israeli. He emphasized again that any country or any group thinking about trying to take advantage of the situation in Israel to try to widen the conflict should think twice and not doubt the resolve of the United States. It is our aim to avoid any regional expansion of Israel's conflict with Hamas, but we stand ready and prepared to protect and defend our partners and our interests, and we will act to do so. 
Readouts of these calls will be posted to the DOD website later today. And with respect to U.S. support to Israel, the first shipments of military aid, including munitions, began arriving in Israel last week and continue to arrive on a near-daily basis. This assistance is comprised of capabilities requested by Israel to include precision-guided munitions, such as joint direct attack munitions, small-diameter bombs, 155-millimeter artillery ammunition, and other categories of critical equipment. In addition, Iron Dome interceptors from stocks that the United States has in-country have been quickly provided to Israel. And in the days ahead, we'll be flowing additional Iron Dome interceptors so that Israel has the capabilities they need to, us to sustain their Iron Dome defense systems and protect their citizens and cities from rocket attacks. We will leverage several avenues available to us to include our stocks and industry channels that reinforce the United States' unwavering and ironclad support for both the Israeli Defense Forces and the Israeli people. As always, the Department of Defense will continue to support, plan, and undertake these critical missions professionally and with the inherent right to protect our force. Israel's forces deployed on another front, the Red Sea. Israel says it used its arrow defense system to shoot down ballistic missiles launched by Houthi rebels from Yemen. Over the last month, the Houthis have attempted several missile and drone attacks on Israel's Red Sea port city, Eilat, all intercepted by Israeli defenses or by a U.S. naval destroyer. The Houthis say the attacks are in solidarity with Gaza. The group has now vowed to target Israeli ships in the Red Sea and not stop as long as Palestinians are under fire. The armed forces will not hesitate to target any Israeli ship in the Red Sea or any location that falls within our reach starting immediately. Allah is our witness. The military operations of the Yemeni armed forces against the Israeli enemy will not cease until the Israeli aggression against our brave brothers in Gaza stops. The Houthi rebels have been fighting Yemen's Saudi-backed coalition for almost a decade. They have a significant force with tens of thousands of fighters and a large arsenal, including long-range missiles. And the group holds strategic territory controlling Yemen's Red Sea coasts. Iran is the Houthis' main backer. It's accused of funding and supplying weapons to the group, though a deal between Tehran and Riyadh earlier this year was supposed to halt arms transfers. Tehran is also the main supporter of Hezbollah in Lebanon and it supplies funds to Hamas. Iran's involvement is one of the reasons fears of a regional spillover have been ever-present since the war in Gaza began. And just days ago, Iran's foreign minister warned an expansion of the conflict was inevitable. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor, in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away, and another generation comes. But the earth abides forever. The sun also rises, and the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south, and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. 
to the place from which the rivers come. There they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness, and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Joshua! Aaron!
хорошо.
India 37. India 37. Loaded. Take on the coordinates. Romeo 26. Romeo 26. Sir, we're hot over here. Missile's good to go. Let's light him up, Captain Nagata. Captain Nagata. For honor's sake, for duty's sake, for glory's sake, we march. Look! Persians! Into hell's mouth, we march. Let's watch these motherless dogs. As they're embraced by the loving arms of Greece herself. Come. True. It does look like rain. The sky with thunderbolts. And batters the Persian ships with hurricane wind. Glory. Only one among us keeps his Spartan reserve. Only he. Only our king. Amen. Praise Jesus for the ones in understanding. So surely he is going to show his hand. By the end of all this, the whole world will know that there is only one God and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's continue. <clears throat> the bomb went off. Zelensky, we will retreat. We have a serious shortage of 155mm projectiles because of Israel. The indefinite free aid from the USA is over. So Ukraine's armed forces are facing a severe shortage of 155mm artillery shells due to the situation in the Middle East, Ukrainian President Zelensky said as he announced a withdrawal of Ukrainian forces from the war fronts. The retreat has been going on for at least a week on almost all fronts from the Kubyanks to Bakhmut and Avdivka. Zelensky gave two interviews to agents, France Press, and to Bloomberg begging for help. At the same time, there is a freeze in Kiev, which now sees American military aid not only reduced, but now frozen. Zelensky, we have no artillery shells. Zelensky specifically said, today we have problems with 155mm artillery shells. In the Middle East, what do you think they started buying first? They buy 155mm artillery shells. Our reserves have dwindled, Agents France Press reported. According to Zelensky, warehouses are now empty around the world and supplies from Western partners are not enough to meet the needs of the armed forces of Ukraine. Recently, the Ukrainian president expressed, expressed his dismay that Western support for Kiev could be reduced due to the crisis in the Middle East. And the head of NATO's military commission, Admiral Rob Bauer, told the Warsaw Security Forum in Poland on October 4th that Ukraine's stockpile of weapons is running out. Ukraine cannot 
wage war. So they failed their offensive. Zelensky was uh, blackmailing uh, many in the nations. We had heard that through Vicky Govert Parnell's dream. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was, I think it might have been called the Zelensky dream. Um, and uh, he was manipulating. Uh, many of the leaders across the nations, they didn't like it. They they served the Antichrist. They didn't want to serve Zelensky. So now he is getting what he deserved. He is reaping what he sowed, this dancing sprite. And surely a uh, judgment is coming upon him. He needs to repent quickly if there is any uh, human DNA in him. He needs to repent quickly because these things are going to come upon him quickly. And surely he's about to do something very drastic, which once again is going to help with that prophecy in reference to Ukraine getting nuked. So I would be looking to most likely the, the Zaporizhia uh, nuclear power plant incident. Um, we haven't heard um, things happen in Ukraine much in the news, but Zelensky doesn't want to give up. So something major is about to happen there. And then uh, one more um, news article related to this emergency. Putin has won, says WSJ. Lithuania, Russia is close to victory in Ukraine. Ukrainians are running out of bullets. U.S. general says the Ukrainians have 60 days at most. So if you do that calculation, just about um, finishes this Ukraine thing in January 2024. So between now and January, um, I expect to see the nuclear power plant. I expect them to get nuked, but very shortly, I expect to see some very major events um, take place in Ukraine. It probably is only going to take one, um, but it'll probably be the Zaporizhia. That's that's what my uh, gut is is telling me. Um, so we'll we'll wait for that. Let's continue. <clears throat> Pro-Palestinian group shares reprehensible anti-Semitic map of New York City targets on social media and then deletes it. So a pro-Palestinian activist group shared a frightening map of New York City newsrooms, businesses, and landmark buildings <clears throat> and called for direct action to globalize Intifada. According to the NYP, in addition to news buildings within our lifetime, which describes itself as the Palestinian-led community organization, called for followers to target the offices of technology companies. Each of the locations on this map reflects the location of an office of an enemy of both the Palestinian people and the colonized people all over the world. Today and beyond, these locations will be sites for popular mobilization in defense of our people, the sickening Wednesday night post read. May this map serve as a call for every struggle to act in their own interest. As we do so, we uplift one another's struggles and free Palestine from the river to the sea. It continued, repeating the Palestine Liberation Organization mantra adopted by Hamas that calls for the eradication of Israel. The controversial post has since been deleted. As Mayor Eric Adams has said repeatedly, hate has no place in our city, a city hall spokesperson said. We are continually monitoring multiple channels to identify any potential threats to New York City. The NYPD is aware of social media posts urging direct action towards several institutions in the city and is deploying resources to protect public safety at these locations. But to be clear, threatening businesses and organizations and referring to them as the enemy is exactly the kind of hateful rhetoric that seeks to divide New Yorkers, but it won't work because we are better than that. So we know that uh, part of 
the seals is social unrest. Um, we know that these protests are soon going to turn violent. We have heard this over and over again in many dreams and many um, prophecy warnings. Um, so surely um, this is going to be coming and coming quickly. Um, let's uh, hear some information um, regarding uh, this pro-Palestinian group, um, their map um, from Fox News and see what they have to say about this already seen far-left protesters demanding a ceasefire in Gaza, turning violent outside DNC headquarters in Washington. Democratic lawmakers were evacuated from the basement of the building, and the Capitol was put on lockdown. Is all of that just a taste of what's to come? So you've got a pro-Palestinian group posting a map of New York City targets, fanning the flames of anti-Semitism burning since Hamas launched its attacks on the 7th of October. That post has since been deleted, but the mayor is saying this, quote, threatening businesses and organizations, referring to them as the enemy, is exactly the kind of hateful rhetoric that seeks to divide New Yorkers, but it won't work, end quote. CB Cotton starts her coverage. She's live in Midtown Manhattan with us now. CB, hello, good morning. Bill, good morning. Yeah, the now removed social media posts calling for the protest and boycott of several New York City businesses and news organizations claiming these places are helping to oppress the Palestinian people. Now, the pro-Palestinian group within our lifetime says its post was removed by Instagram and Meta, but not before putting city leaders on high alert. New York City Councilman Keith Powers writing on X, this is an unacceptable invitation to senseless violence. I strongly condemn it and have reached shout to local NYPD. The group co-organized this rally held in New York City's Washington Square Park just yesterday. People chanting for a ceasefire and calling for the U.S. to end its aid to Israel. The protesters accusing Israel, the U.S., the press, and major corporations of spilling blood and helping to commit genocide against Palestinians. One of several protests the group has held throughout New York City. This one happening in Times Square on October 8th, not even a full 48 hours from the start of the surprise Hamas attack on Israel. Within our lifetime, calls itself an anti-Zionist group and says it, quote, resist the Zionist occupation by any means necessary. At many of these rallies, we hear chants of from the river to the sea, a phrase condemned by many as anti-Semitic, calling for the annihilation of Jews and Israel. The Israeli Minister of Economy and Industry says, this is not Israel versus Palestine, and the terrorist must be destroyed. And we need the help of the world. We need the help of the United States. And this is a great opportunity to thank President Biden for his amazing support. We will never forget our friends. You folks have stood behind us at the toughest times Israel ever had since its existence. And uh, we will never forget that. The NYPD telling us its officers have been policing these protests and will continue to do the same. Bill. Thank you, CB. CB Cotton here in New York leading our coverage. Thank you for that. The following words of knowledge, each of them represents a season. Riots. Supreme Court. Falling out. Darkness. 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 Mourning and lamenting. Grieving while the world rejoices. Hidden agendas brought out into the open. A trial. Witnesses. The base of a mountain. Tolerance and equality. Now I turn and make a review of what we see happening today.
July the 31st. My son, begin to warn with an urgency now. My son, there will be civil unrest. Peace is now removed from this people. September the 12th. As brother fights against brother, thus it shall be fulfilled. Every kingdom or every city divided against itself shall be brought to desolation. November the 6th. For thus saith the Lord, the numbers are 559. For my hand will sweep across this country. I now divide the land. I overturn its government. Prophesy, son of man, prophesy. I divide this country. I divide this land. I divide households. I divide this people. I remove its rulers. November the 29th. Sorrow replaces gladness. Confusion replaces order. Division replaces peace. Drink from the cup. Amen. Praise Jesus for the warnings and understandings. And when he mentioned brother versus brother this time, um, before I would always translate that into family, which very well it could, could be. But what I felt in my spirit this time as we're watching Israel uh, go against the Palestinians and other Muslim nations that are soon going to join in. These are the families of Noah. This is literally brother fighting against brother. That is what we are seeing. That is the time that we are standing in. And uh, very shortly, this civil unrest is about to get very violent and aggressive as well. Let's continue. Time to come clean on Israel's nuclear status, says Turkey. So Turkey will ask international inspectors to determine whether Israel has nuclear weapons in its possession, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan announced on Saturday. Speaking to reporters on his flight home from Germany, the Turkish leader noted that Israel is among the very few countries that are not parties to the 1968 Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons. Erdogan said that Ankara would ask the International Atomic Energy Agency to investigate whether the Jewish state has a nuclear arsenal. Moving forward with this is very important in terms of balancing strategic interest in the region. We will continue to put pressure on Israel, Erdogan said. Israel's nuclear weapons must be inspected beyond any doubt before it is too late. We will follow this through. I also call on the international community not to let this go. Although experts widely believe that Israel maintains a secret nuclear weapons program, the country does not confirm or explicitly deny its existence. Heritage Minister Amihai Eliyahu caused outrage across the Muslim world this month when he floated the idea of dropping a nuclear bomb on the Gaza Strip. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu suspended the minister from cabinet meetings following his incendiary comments. Erdogan has harshly criticized Israel's conduct in Gaza, labeling it a terror state and accusing the Israel Defense Forces of committing war crimes against the Palestinians. <clears throat> Netanyahu responded by accusing the Turkish president of supporting the terrorist state of Hamas. The current round of violence between Israel and Hamas broke out on October 7th when Palestinian militants attacked Israeli communities, killing some 1,200 people, mostly civilians, and taking over 200 hostages. Israel responded with airstrikes and a ground invasion of Gaza. More than 12,000 Gazans have been killed by the bombardment 
according to local officials. So here goes the Israeli nukes being brought up again, and this nuke is actually called Jericho. That is uh, the, the name of the nuke. And uh, when I heard uh, Jericho again, the Lord spoke to me again. This is his uh, uh, subject for today. He is saying what was will be again. And just like how they invaded um, Jericho, the same type of thing is going to be happening again where these walls come down. Um, and that is what we are going to see Israel continue to do with the Palestinians and any other group that they go up against. What was will be again. And the Lord is going to demonstrate his mighty hand as they continue to pound away um, the Philistines in Gaza and then move on to the other Muslim nations as well. The Lord is going to strike them all. And that is what we are seeing here as he continues to lead Putin in and Turkey in with the hook to get them involved in this war. And then he's going to strike them down. That is literally what is about to happen. Um, let's uh, hear some information regarding Israel's uh, weapons, um, this weapon of Jericho and how what was will be again, just like how it was in Jericho in the Old Testament. We are about to see and we are watching right now um, these things come to play right in front of our eyes. Let's uh, check it out.
I was with Moses when he handed down these commandments. I was witness to the covenant. The promise of a holy nation. Help me to forge that nation. To lead your people. To inherit their land. Joshua! The Lord brought us out from Egypt. He promised us this land. And soon, it will be ours. Come. Are you ready? We'll search the whole city. Just find me a way in. We must take Jericho. It's all that stands between us and the promised land. You know, it's not safe. Safe enough. No one is safe. I can look after myself. Everyone, return to your homes! You're Israelites. You've heard about us? You have a god who commands the winds and parts the seas. He saved us from slavery. We are his chosen. This whole city is terrified of you. How can we fight a people whose God can do that? Open up! Open up! Back in time! Open the door! Can we get out that way? Help us and we will help you. Go. I'll store them if I can. Open the door! Come with us. I can't. My family. When our army comes, hang this on your door so they will know not to harm you. You'll be passed over. Joshua! Tell me, did you find a way in? Is there a weakness? Not in the walls, but in their hearts. Joshua, we met a woman. She thinks God has taken the city already. The people melt in fear because they know he is with us. God is with us. But we've still to find a way in. Moses, my old friend, what would you do? Lord, when I was a slave, you showed me your love and your power. You have given me new life. Would you have us turn back? Who? Who are you? I pray you are with us. 
and not with our enemies. I'm with God, commander of the Lord's army. What does he ask of us? The Lord parted the waters for Moses. You. He will split rock. This is what you must do. March around the city once a day with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Carry the Ark with you. It contains God's commandments, and He is with you. Then, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Then the priests should make a long blast with the ram's horn. As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, She must be spared for the help she gave us. Amen.
praise Jesus for the warnings and the secret things. So what was will be again. We are watching the events of the Lord destroying the ites. And he's going to destroy all the wicked across the world. We just stand back and watch. A thousand will fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it won't touch us. We will only stand and watch the judgment of the wicked. And that is what we are doing here. Keep your mind focused on that because as you see these things happen, you're going to want to, to, to debate whether Israel is doing an evil thing or not. Don't listen to the news and what they are saying because the same type of news would have went out in the Old Testament. How can these people come and raid? They're killing our families. They're killing our children. And what's going on? This is what happens when you reject the most high God, when you choose evil over good. This, this is what happens. Um, this is what is going to happen when all get tossed into the lake of fire. Like this is what you should know is going to happen. And the Lord says specifically, because you have rejected knowledge, because you rejected the truth, Jesus, or any warnings that he's given, because you've rejected, I'm going to reject you as priests for me. I will even forget about your children. Meaning like your children will not be protected. They will be slaughtered too. Like this is what the Lord says and his word is concrete and true and we need to believe it. And the people surely that are not unrepentant need to believe it because he's not playing around. The church especially needs to repent quickly and those that are cold need to come to Christ quickly because if they don't, they surely will perish and everything that they own will be destroyed as well. Let's continue. <clears throat> Nearly one million chickens slaughtered in Minnesota and now another 1.2 million at Iowa farm where, where bird flu was found. What was will be again. So earlier this month, we reported how nearly 1 million chickens on a Minnesota egg farm will be slaughtered in hopes to stop the, the spread of the highly contagious bird flu after it was confirmed there. The U.S. Department of Agriculture announced that the virus was found at a farm in Wright County, Minnesota, as well as in three smaller flocks in South Dakota and Iowa. Whenever the highly pathogenic avian influenza virus is detected on a farm, the entire flock is killed as to keep it from spreading to other farms. Now, a new report indicates that an additional 1.2 million chickens will be slaughtered to prevent the spread of the bird flu after the virus was confirmed on an Iowa egg farm in the second massive case this week. The Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship announced the latest bird flu infection at a farm in Taylor County Friday, and Iowa's governor immediately declared a disaster there to make sure the state has the resources to respond quickly. The Iowa case is just the latest one in the outbreak that began early last year and has prompted officials to kill a total of nearly 63 million birds. Earlier this week, one million chickens were killed on a Minnesota egg farm, but the vast majority of the cases, or nearly 58 million birds, occurred last year. Anytime a case of bird flu is found, the entire flock is killed to help keep the highly contagious virus from spreading to another farm. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has been finding fewer wild birds carrying the virus this year, which suggests that some ducks and geese may, de may be developing Immunity. So here goes the news about more bird flu outbreaks. And I had recently just seen um, an article that uh, animals um, like dogs um, are getting um, these respiratory viruses that is coming out of nowhere and they are dying at a rapid pace. Um, it's very sad to what we're seeing. 
But we know that um, we are not just going to have one pandemic. We're going to have many of these plagues. And they have set up so many different plagues to come out outside of the hemorrhagic fever and the bubonic plague. Um, also, um, the zombie virus um, that is already in the abomination shots, um, but also um, the bird flu um, strain and the other 1,200 adverse events um, that are related to the abomination shot. That is what we're seeing here. Um, but let's uh, stick to the bird flu as we know that they have uh, spread this news all over the world that there has been many bird flu cases. So we will keep an eye out on this as this is uh, another really strong pandemic that could come out, um, which is in relation to the Spanish flu from 19. 1918. But let's go over some more news articles and then we'll talk about that. CDC sounds the alarm as cow killing ticks spread across 19 states in America. So an invasive species of tick is creeping across the eastern U.S. killing livestock in its wake as it travels west. These Asian longhorn ticks found only in the U.S. for the first time in 2017 have now been discovered on pets livestock, wildlife, and people across 19 U.S. states, according to a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warning. And we know ticks carry the hemorrhagic fever and all kinds of other diseases as well. So they are getting this story ready of what is traveling. And they said it's on animals and on people in 19 U.S. states. So here we go with this story going along. And then Ranchers are warning that the worst collapse in cattle production will make meat prices double this winter. So they're also slaughtering the animals. These are sacrifices to Satan. And at the same time, they're getting rid of the food supply. So that way they can make the people just eat the bugs while they are eating um, really good, nice food. But the continued poison, the slavery of humans, that is what they are doing. And you always feed slaves the, the, the scraps, but even worse so, they're going to feed the slaves the bugs. That is uh, what is coming. And then as a mysterious respiratory illness sickens dogs in 10 states, here are symptoms to watch for. The pneumonia-like illness starts as a cough and gradually worsens, reports say. So they're going to start taking out um, the pets. Um, but I also believe this is a judgment um, from on high in reference to the pets. Well, we know the famine's part of judgment, but I believe it specifically for dogs and cats and things because many people have made dogs their first love. So any type of God um, that uh, people have made, the Lord's going to strike them down. Um, that is also something that's going to happen. And then, um, as I had mentioned, um, we had went over this in the past um, in this article, elementary school temporarily closed as illness sickens two dozen, kills six-year-old bird flu begins abomination shot implantation this um was a sign that they were beginning to start this epidemic and keep in mind once again that the spanish flu from 1918 actually came from the avian flu so what was the spanish flu common name the 1918 influenza pandemic was the most severe pandemic in recent history. It was caused by an H1N1 virus with genes of avian origin. And then again, more news on this. What caused the Spanish flu? The Spanish flu was the type A form of influenza virus that started in a bird host, bird flu, as discovered during later research. At some point, it was transmitted to mammals. Influenza types A and B are responsible for seasonal epidemics of the flu. 
And if you go look at the Moderna patent in reference to the bird flu, H5N1, avian influenza, it says avian influenza type A viruses are divided into subtypes based on two proteins on the surface of the virus. That's hemagglutinin, of which there are 16 subtypes, and neuraminidase, of which there are nine subtypes. And then in these references, it says immunizations with the DNA chimeric molecule encoding a hemagglutinin peptide and an SCFVCD21 specific antibody fragment induced long-lasting IgM. So they're putting that in there. And then enhanced protection against a lethal influenza virus challenged by immunization with both hemagglutinin and numerindase expressing DNA. So they're also using that um, to place this Spanish flu within the abomination shot. So it's already in there, and now all it is is just for them to tell the story to get it out. And surely, um, with these ticks um, all over 19 U.S. states on people, surely it's already hitting the dogs, and surely it is going to be coming to the people very soon. Let's uh, hear some information um, regarding what has just taken place now with the slaughter of these chickens in Minnesota and Iowa, and then also a little bit more information on the 1918 pandemic, which is now going to be formed once again. Let's hear it out. As bird flu cases rise in Iowa, it's beginning to take a toll on farms. Over 1 million chickens will need to be slaughtered on a Taylor County egg farm after the virus was detected. This news comes just days after another million chickens were killed on a similar farm in Minnesota. Governor Reynolds immediately issued a disaster proclamation. The U.S. Department of Ag has been finding fewer wild birds carrying the virus this year, which suggests that some ducks and geese may be developing immunity. Officials say bird flu isn't a significant threat to food safety or human health. The Spanish flu of 1918 was the greatest pandemic in recorded history. Recent estimates suggest that this flu claimed as many as 50 million lives around the world between 1918 and 1919, killing more people in a single year than the entire Black Death of the 14th century. As the world confronts a new pandemic, it is worth remembering the history of the Spanish flu and how it set us on the path towards our modern flu vaccine. When the first cases of the influenza A H1N1 pandemic broke out in 1918, during the final year of World War I, the origins of this deadly pandemic were unknown. Contemporary explanations in the Allied nations range from fears of a new form of biological warfare to a byproduct of trench warfare resulting from the use of mustard gas. The Spanish flu is also misnamed. The idea that the pandemic began in Spain relates to reports in the press of cases of influenza in the summer of 1918, where as many as 8 million Spaniards succumbed to the disease. Even the King of Spain, Alfonso XIII, caught influenza in 1918. However, the first cases actually broke out months earlier in a military camp in Kansas, 
where few noticed the signs of the pandemic to come amid the ongoing war. On March 4, 1918, company cook Albert Gitchell, possibly patient zero, reported sick with a fever of 104 degrees Fahrenheit at Camp Funston, part of Fort Riley, where 54,000 men were gathered for basic training. Within days, 522 soldiers reported sick, and by the end of the month, 1,100 soldiers were admitted to hospital with influenza. The wartime context for the pandemic is especially important. Not only did the flu claim more lives than the war itself, and prolong the suffering brought about by the First World War, but the pandemic also followed the movement of soldiers around the globe. The American Expeditionary Forces, which deployed out of Kansas to France, were likely carrying the flu with them in the spring of 1918, as the Allies rushed deployments to halt the German Ludendorff offensive. The first British cases occurred in mid-April as well, spreading out of ports and Scottish dockyards. Still, little attention was paid to what contemporary physicians describe as a, quote, three-day fever, end quote that was circulating in Europe in late spring and early summer 1918. In this first phase of the pandemic, most patients recovered quickly. Their fevers broke after two days, and most were fit for work within a week. Only a minority of patients suffered complications such as pneumonia that led to fatalities. Moreover, by June 1918, the number of cases in Europe and North America began to steadily decline leading to a belief that the flu pandemic was over. In late August, however, the flu reemerged suddenly across the globe with much greater lethality. This second phase of the pandemic began almost simultaneously in Brest on August 22nd, in Freetown on August 24th, and in Boston on August 27th, all major military port cities. Over the course of the next four months, flu circled the globe, infecting approximately 500 million people. Hospitals were overwhelmed. Doctors and nurses disproportionately fell victim to the pandemic while treating an unprecedented number of patient cases. Pulmonary complications appeared more frequently, contributing to a mortality rate 25 times higher than a normal influenza outbreak. Fatalities peaked in November 1918. Military officials were often the first to realize the severity of the flu, but they did not understand the nature of the illness. The Royal Army Medical Corps began bacteriological examinations of soldiers for Pfeiffer's bacillus. The German physician and bacteriologist Richard Pfeiffer had incorrectly identified Pfeiffer's bacillus as the causal microbe responsible for the flu in 1892. In the United States, William H. Welch, former president of the American Medical Association and a member of the Johns Hopkins Medical School, studied the epidemic in military camps in September 1918, employing state-of-the-art medical research techniques to treat Pfeiffer's bacillus. Welch and his team tried a host of antiserums, vaccines, and medical compounds, all to no avail. Their microscopes could not see something as small as a virus. Meanwhile, civilian public health programs remained conflicted about how to respond to the pandemic. Arthur Newsom, head of the British Local Government Board, 
the government organization responsible for the oversight of domestic public health campaigns, told Britain simply to, quote, carry on, end quote. To impose quarantines necessary to contain the pandemic would have been too detrimental to the war economy. Parliament did not impose any sort of public health legislation until November 1918, and these laws only limited the duration of public gatherings and access to cinemas. In the United States, the American Public Health Association, the APHA, was more proactive in its efforts to prevent the spread of flu and reduce the severity of the pandemic. The APHA recognized that the disease was extremely communicable and sought to break the channels of infection. It initiated respiratory hygiene education campaigns about the dangers of coughing, sneezing, and the careless disposal of nasal discharge. The gauze mask was another important preventive tool. The face masks consisted of a half yard of gauze folded like a triangular bandage covering the mouth, nose, and chin. Some cities like San Francisco legislated that everyone should wear a gauze mask in public. A popular rhyme was created to remind people of the city ordinance. Obey the laws and wear the gauze. Protect your jaws from septic paws. Ultimately, very little succeeded to effectively control the pandemic. By winter 1918, the pandemic suddenly dropped off, although a third, final, and milder phase would resurge in the spring of 1919. It, too, passed naturally. Physicians and medical researchers could ultimately do little about the flu's onslaught because they did not understand what was causing it. For years, physicians wanted to quietly forget their inability to combat the pandemic. Yet the 1918 global influenza pandemic left an important legacy in the history of medicine. Beyond shocking tolls, the pandemic inspired a surge in biomedical research. In 1919, doctors attempted to vaccinate patients against influenza, developing a vaccine for Pfeiffer's bacillus that proved completely ineffective. After the pandemic had passed, biomedical researchers began to reevaluate the etiology of influenza with the goal of preventing a future pandemic. Between 1935 and the early 1960s, the influenza virus was the most studied virus infecting humans. In 1936, H1N1, the strain of the influenza responsible for the pandemic, was isolated in the laboratory. This began the path towards a vaccine, which was first tested, again in the context of war, on U.S. soldiers during World War II. Today, we are regularly vaccinated against the H1N1 strain of influenza in our annual flu shot, so that, with hope, we do not have a repeat of the 1918 pandemic. It was a human catastrophe that should never have been forgotten. Amen. Praise Jesus for the warnings and understanding. So we know the devil's devices. We are watching what they are about to release, and surely it is coming soon and quickly. Okay, people, let's get to the Bible verse of the day. This is Psalms 1, 1 through 2. Psalm 1, 1 through 2. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law, in his law, he meditates day and night. Hallelujah. One of my favorite scriptures, um, and this is in relation to how the righteous should walk. We don't seek the counsel of the ungodly. We seek our God. We seek the Holy Spirit. We don't seek CNN or MSNBC to tell us what our future is because we know our future is in him and he is our healer. He is our strength. He is our defender. He is our avenger. So it is very important to allow him to be all of the names that you call on him to save you from. If he's your savior, then let him save. If he is your healer, then let him heal. If he is who you depend on, then let him be the answer to your problems. If he is your comforter, let him comfort you. If he is your defender, then let him defend you. If he is your avenger, then let him have vengeance. All of the names of the Lord you are supposed to abide in. The Lord says, stand still while I fight your battles. Let him be your source. He is the head. We are the body. All our job is, is to give everything over to the head and the head will decide what to do with it. But the head will nourish his body. The head will make sure the body has everything that it needs. He is our supplier. He is our very present help in time of need. So let him be that. We meditate on his laws, who he is on his heart day and night. And surely our leaves will not wither. And in our season, we shall produce fruit. And in whatever we do, hallelujah, we shall prosper. That is the finishing verses of this one, which I surely love indeed. Okay, people. So I'm going to give you uh, your time back today. Like I said, today is the 44th day of Israel's war, a very serious marker. This is also the day when the CME uh, is supposed to be hitting the earth. So all that power coming to the earth. So we're expecting a very large uh, earthquake, um, possibly even um, a large earthquake coming from Iceland. We expect the Iceland volcano to erupt. Um, the impact of the CME is supposed to be hitting later on today. I don't know the exact time, so we will watch um, all day today. Today into tomorrow is a very serious um, time indeed. God bless you and yours. Shalom. Love y'all. Jesus Christ surely loves you dearly. Have a good one. Later. Who is this child? Reigns above the angels, Lord of all, who made his bed a manger in the straw, Emmanuel. Who is this king who laid aside the privilege of his throne and chose the hearts of sinners as his home?
Son of God. Son of God. Royalty. Royalty was always in your hands. You became humanity. Amen.